But wait, there's more. Hi, everybody. It's Terry O'Reilly here, and we're happy to announce something we've never offered before. It's our But Wait, There's More subscriber package. If you're a fan of Under the Influence, you'll get more than ever before. You'll get more bonus episodes like the live recording and audience Q&A we did recently at the Hot Docs Podcast Festival, exclusive for subscribers only. You'll get more podcasts with additional stories. You'll get early access so you can listen to all of our new shows before anyone else. You'll get all of our episodes, including archives, ad-free. Tisk tisk. I won't judge. You'll be invited to Ask Me Anything sit-down chats with yours truly. You'll get first dibs on tickets for live events. You'll get big discounts on Under the Influence merchandise. And that's only the beginning, all for a few bucks a month. Just go to our show page on Apple Podcasts and tap Try Free to start your free seven-day trial. Membership has its privileges. Hmm, you should copyright that. From the Under the Influence digital box set, this episode is from Season 6, 2017. One day during practice, Boston Bruins goaltender Jerry Cheevers got hit in the mask with a puck. It was a light tap that wouldn't have broken an egg. But Cheevers never liked to practice, so he saw an opportunity. 
He threw his hands up to his face, faked a serious injury, and immediately rushed to the dressing room. A little while later, Bruins coach Harry Sinden walked in to check on his number one goalie, and he found Cheevers enjoying a Coke and a freshly lit cigar. Sinden wasn't happy, as you can imagine, and ordered Cheevers back to practice. But before Cheevers went back out, he drew black stitches on the white mask where the puck had hit him. When Cheevers stepped onto the ice, he pointed to the stitches and said, See how bad it is? The team got a good laugh out of it. But from that day forward, Cheevers drew stitches on the mask every time he got hit. It became a symbol for the number of times he would have been cut. He estimates that his mask saved him from over 150 real stitches. Cheevers became the first goaltender to decorate a goalie mask. Unlike other goalie masks that followed, that were highly ornate but static, Cheevers' mask was constantly evolving. Every time he got hit, a new stitch mark appeared. He wore that one scar-face mask for his entire career, and the number of scars it accumulated was astounding. There wasn't a square inch that wasn't covered in stitches. Today, that distinctive mask hangs in a place of honor, in the bedroom of Jerry Cheever's grandson. It is considered the most famous goalie mask of all time, and it was, without a doubt, Jerry Cheever's trademark. Marketing, trademarks are pretty serious business. Companies strive to add unique elements to their branding and products in order to stand out from their competitors. But like Cheever's Mask, trademarks take a lot of nasty hits from other companies. There's flat-out plagiarism, infringements, and lots of sneaky little end runs. So companies have to protect their trademarks vigorously in courts of law. But it may surprise you to learn what is, in fact, trademarked. And some of those trademarks might actually leave you in stitches. You're under the influence. Creating a unique brand is the holy grail in marketing. As you've heard me say many times before, differentiating a brand from all competitors in a category is the key to attracting customers and carving out a dominant market share. Part of creating a uniquely defined brand is to produce design elements or intellectual property that are proprietary to the brand, then protecting those elements legally. That's where trademarks come in. According to the law, if an element of a brand takes on a secondary meaning, it can theoretically be trademarked. In other words, if a logo or a sound or a set of words becomes linked to a brand, and if the sight or mention of this element makes people instantly think of a single brand, it can be protected legally. Think Beatles. According to the dictionary, it means insects of an order distinguished by forewings, typically modified into hardwing cases that cover and protect the hindwings and abdomen. But over the years, the word has taken on a secondary meaning. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles! 
Hence, the Beatles is a well-protected trademark. Trademarks can take many forms. Sometimes it can be a shape or a design. Electronic music producer Joel Zimmerman is a very successful recording artist. He's better known to fans as Dead Mouse. He wears a big mouse head when he performs. It has big ears, vacant white eyes, and a creepy grin. Beyond being a Grammy-nominated musician, Dead Mouse has an extensive line of merchandise based on his mouse head symbol. The list includes hats, T-shirts, mobile apps, recording equipment, BMX bikes, food items, and much, much more. Then one day, Dead Mouse was sued for trademark infringement. Can you guess who sued him? Yep, Disney. Disney is notoriously protective of its trademarks, especially that of Mickey Mouse, the icon that launched the company back in the 1920s. To give you an idea of how particular Disney is, it successfully forced a bar in New York called Mickey's Mousetrap to change its name, even though the two owners were both named Mickey. The owners said they had to cave in because they didn't have the money to fight a corporation the size of Disney. So it should come as no surprise that Disney sued Dead Mouse, but actually, it did surprise Dead Mouse. The reason it surprised him was that he'd been using the mouse head for almost ten years. On top of that, he had had several business dealings with Disney over that time. For example, Disney had asked him to consider remixing Fantasia for the film's 75th anniversary, and Dead Mouse was in talks with Disney to remix the Star Wars theme. But out of the blue, in September of 2014, Disney filed a 171-page document stating that the Dead Mouse design was nearly identical in appearance, connotation, and overall commercial impression to Disney's Mickey Mouse, and that it would cause confusion among consumers. Dead Mouse responded by tweeting, "Lawyer up, Mickey." Then Dead Mouse did a cursory search on Google and discovered something interesting. Disney was using a song of his called "Ghosts and Stuff" in a video without his permission. Plus, the video actually ended with his mouse head logo—the same logo that Disney said would confuse the public. So Dead Mouse fired off a cease and desist letter to Disney, saying the company had violated his music copyright and his trademark. In a subsequent tweet, Dead Mouse said, quote, "Let's test a theory. It takes Disney ten years to oppose a trademark. Let's see how long it takes them to take down a video." Disney took the video down immediately. Nine months later, the lawsuits were settled amicably. While the details of the suit weren't released, Dead Mouse still performs in his mouse head. And the Disney video using ghosts and stuff is still online. Looks like they split the trademark cheese right down the middle. The Dead Mouse story shows how seriously companies take their design trademarks, but sounds can also be trademarked. 
The litmus test for a sound trademark is that the sound has to be so inherently different or distinct that it attaches to the subliminal mind of the listener and, when awakened or heard, is instantly associated with a single product or event. That definition was established when the very first sound was trademarked. We'll be right back to our show. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. If you're enjoying this episode, why not dip into our archives? Available wherever you download your pods. Go to terryoreilly.ca for a master episode list. The very first sound to be trademarked originally aired in 1929. NBC Television. It was the NBC Chime. That sound was finally registered by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office in 1950. But a noise is one of the most difficult elements to protect legally. Harley-Davidson tried to trademark the potato-potato-potato chug of its idling twin motorcycle engine. But both Honda and Yamaha opposed Harley's trademark application, arguing that the sound is a characteristic of all V-twin motorcycle engines and that it predated Harley. Harley-Davidson fought hard for six years, but in the end gave up the battle. A sound is hard to trademark. In the U.S., millions of trademarks have been granted. But in the entire trademark library, there are less than 200 for sounds. 
In Canada, you could only begin trademarking sounds as of 2012. Only 25 sound marks have been registered since then. But you may be surprised to hear which sounds are, in fact, trademarked. Like this one. The familiar sound from Law & Order is trademark number 76641094. Composer Mike Post created it using the sound of a jail door slamming combined with musical notes. The U.S. Patent and Trademark Office describes this sound as consisting of two musical notes, a strike, and a rapid rearticulation of a perfect fifth pitch interval, which in the key of C sounds the notes C and G struck concurrently. Mike Post simply calls it ching-ching because he makes so much money off it. CBS has a trademark on this sound. The famous 60-minute stopwatch. Trademark number 76280750 sounds like this. By the way, Homer's famous dough is never spelled out in scripts. From the first episode on, it is simply referred to as annoyed grunt. Let's see if you can guess trademark sound number 75326989 as it is described on the U.S. Patent and Trademark website. It says it is a series of ten sounds alternating between the chest and falsetto registers of the voice as follows. The first sound is a semi-long sound in the chest register. Sound number two is a short sound up an interval of one octave plus a fifth from the preceding sound. Sound three is a short sound down a major third from the preceding sound. Number four is a short sound up a major third from the preceding sound. The fifth is a long sound down one octave plus a major third from the preceding sound. The sixth is a short sound up one octave from the preceding sound. Number seven is a short sound up a major third from the preceding sound. Number eight is a short sound down a major third from the preceding sound. Sound number nine is a short sound up a major third from the preceding sound. And number ten is a long sound down an octave plus a fifth from the preceding sound. There. Any ideas what that is? Well, when you put all that together, the trademark sounds like this. The Tarzan Yell, first made famous by actor Johnny Weissmuller in the movie Tarzan the Ape Man in 1932. Trademark number 77419252 is described as the sound of rhythmic mechanical human breathing created by breathing through a scuba tank regulator. Can you guess what that is? Yep, that would be Mr. Darth Vader's breathing sound. Try this one. Trademark number 76163189 is described as, quote, the sound of a childlike human giggle. Any ideas? You know it well. It sounds like this. The Pillsbury Doughboy Giggle. Used since 1965 in over 600 commercials. Trademark number 75821499 is filed as a deep male human-like voice 
saying three sounds in even intervals with each dropping in pitch. It's a sound you've heard ever since you were a kid. Give up? Ho, ho, ho. Green Giant. That is one of the most identifiable branding sounds in all of marketing. And I noticed on the U.S. trademark site that it is no longer protected. It says the registrant, General Mills, didn't file the appropriate paperwork as of this writing. Interesting. Okay, one more. Trademark number 76307773 simply says it is the sound of a duck quacking a word. Bet you can guess that one. Aflac. Brought to you by the American Family Life Assurance Company, or Aflac for short. While sounds can sometimes be trademarked, so too can sentences. Michael Buffer is famous for being the ring announcer at big primetime boxing events. He's a good-looking guy, looks great in a tuxedo, and has a big voice. But in his early days of ring announcing, he realized he needed a catchphrase. So he tried, Man your battle station. No response from the crowd. So next he tried, Fasten your seatbelts. Crickets. Then one day Michael Buffer heard Muhammad Ali say, Rumble, young man, rumble. So he took that notion, shortened it, and began saying, We're here tonight to witness 12 rounds of boxing in the heavyweight division. Let's get ready to rumble, introducing first in the red corner. And so on. Then one day a friend of his said, You know when you say, let's get ready to rumble? Buffer said yes. His friend said, shut up after that. And Buffer said, uh, what do you mean? And his friend said, the crowd is dying to hear you say it. They want to go crazy. So from that point on, Buffer would say the line, then pause. And sure enough, the crowd went crazy. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! The line became so famous that it started popping up everywhere, in editorial headlines, on television programs, and in commercials. So Buffer went to his lawyer to ask if his line could be trademarked. The answer was yes. It was intellectual property that was clearly associated with Buffer, which meant he could own and protect it. So he trademarked, let's get ready to rumble and get a load of this. Since then, Michael Buffer has made over $400 million off that catchphrase. By trademarking that sentence, he doesn't even have to say it to make money from it. He now makes more from the trademark than from personal appearances. He has licensed it to video games, movies, TV shows, commercials, and merchandise. And Buffer has won over 100 court cases protecting the trademark. He is a rich man today all from trademarking one line, followed by one very important pause. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Along with sentences, single words can be trademarked too. Facebook, for example, has trademarked the words face when it comes to websites. It's true. And did you know this? 
the word superhero is trademarked. And here's the strange thing about that. The trademark is co-owned by Marvel and DC Comics. Both companies realized that if they battled it out, there was a chance that neither would get it and the word would be completely unprotected. So they decided to work together. It is so rare for two big competitors to jointly own a trademark. As a matter of fact, I can't think of another example of that. It was also an odd decision for the trademark office to make. The very definition of a trademark is a single source of origin. Therefore, if the public links the word superhero to both Marvel and DC Comics, then by definition it is a generic word, not a single trademark. But somehow, Marvel and DC Comics persuaded the trademark office that it could be co-owned, and they were granted joint ownership in 1980. Never underestimate the power of superheroes. One day, author Patrick Wensink released his new book titled Broken Piano for President. Shortly after, he received the nicest cease and desist letter. It was from whiskey maker Jack Daniels. The cover of his book was designed to look like the black Jack Daniels label. The letter Wensink got from Jack Daniels explained that his book cover infringed on the company's famous trademark. The Tennessee whiskey maker went on to say that Wensick could change the cover on the next reprint of the book. In other words, he didn't have to do it right away. But if Wensick did want to change the cover before then, Jack Daniels would happily help him pay for the new cover. Wensick didn't take the money, but he sure was surprised by how nice the cease and desist letter was. When Jack Daniels was asked by the press why it was so nice to the author... The company said it believed a brand shouldn't talk in one voice to its customers, then come out swinging a sledgehammer when someone does something it doesn't like. While it does have to be diligent about protecting its trademarks, Jack Daniels also believes in being civil about it. It handles the hundreds of yearly trademark infringements internally first and only calls in their lawyers as a last resort, which explains the Southern hospitality. By the way, author Patrick Wensink got another gift from the Jack Daniels situation. When he posted the nice cease and desist letter on his website, the story went viral. As a result, his book got so much publicity that it shot up to number six on the bestseller charts. Proving not all trademark skirmishes have to be nasty. Cheers to that. While at the Cannes Advertising Festival in 2015, I attended a talk with shock rocker Marilyn Manson. He was a very articulate and thoughtful speaker. His real name is Brian Warner, and he told us the story behind his famous stage name. He chose it by mashing together Marilyn Monroe with Charles Manson. He was making a statement that you could become famous in this day and age by being a celebrity or a murderer. Then one day a mass murder was blamed on his celebrity. 
the Columbine High School Massacre. If you are just joining us, two young men apparently dressed in long black trench coats opened fire uh, about an hour and a half ago at a high school just outside of Denver in Littleton, Colorado. In Cannes, Marilyn Manson told us the most remarkable story. As you may remember, 12 students and one teacher were murdered at the Columbine High School shooting in 1999. Almost two dozen more were injured. The media reported that the two shooters were wearing Marilyn Manson-style makeup. They weren't. The media reported the shooters were wearing Marilyn Manson t-shirts. They weren't. The media also reported that the killers were Marilyn Manson music fans. They were not. But once the media cycle got hold of those false stories, they went around the world. Because Marilyn Manson was accused of inspiring the shootings, stadiums and casinos refused to hire him. He got death threats. Essentially, the Columbine murders shut down his career. So Marilyn Manson did the most interesting thing. He trademarked his name. That legal move allowed him to put a cease and desist order out to the press. That prevented the press from continuing to link Marilyn Manson to the killings. And once the press was forced to stop linking Marilyn Manson to the killings, he was able to work again. The trademark not only protected his name, it revived his career. The most successful companies stand out from the crowd. They have unique designs, wording, and sometimes even sounds that are linked specifically to their brands. And protecting those unique elements is critical in a competitive marketplace. The interesting thing about protecting a trademark is that a company is forced to be diligent about it. Not long ago, Facebook, a $300 billion company, sued a small six-person business that had the word face in their URL. While it seems like bullying, a company must challenge all trademark infringements. Here's why. If other companies start using your trademark, even tiny companies, a court of law might not let you keep your trademark at renewal time. If it's not linked exclusively to you, you can't protect it. That's why Facebook goes after a tiny six-person company. Of course, tone is everything. A company can unleash its legal hounds, or it can take a leaf from Jack Daniels and try to work it out amicably. In the world of marketing, a trademark is incredibly valuable. It can identify a product, differentiate a company, and it can even save a career, as Marilyn Manson discovered. That's why trademarks are jealously protected and why companies are so ready to rumble when you're under the influence. I'm Terry O'Reilly. Influence was recorded at Pirate Toronto. Series producer, Debbie O'Reilly. Sound engineer, Keith Oman. Theme music by Ari Posner and Ian Lefevre. Research, James Gangle. 
Find the transcript at cbc.ca slash under the influence. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Terry O Influence. See you next week. This episode brought to you by Ho 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 and Go! Hey, I like your style. I'd like your style even more if you were wearing an Under the Influence t-shirt. Just saying. You'll find them on our shop page at terryoreilly.ca slash shop. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer after for years to come try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.